We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I am a very sick host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we have not sick producer and co-founder Brian Goins. You really went to an anime convention in LA? I got sick at Anime Expo 2019 for the culture, and I even brought my microphone in case anything happened with the heat. Nothing did. I got to enjoy my convention, so that was good. Also with me today, we have our Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. Russ West, y'all. We have our professional screw-up live from Summer League, Alex Toledo. So you really chose the anime convention over Summer League? And, yes, I did. <laughs> Quite literally, I had to choose between the two, and I chose Anime Expo. And also, finally, with us today, also live from Las Vegas Summer League, Nikias Duncan, statistician, and pun master. Hello, sir. I um, question your life choices. Um, Let me tell you something. My parents do, my bosses do, my peers do. Uh, I guess uh, our statistician and Photoshopper Christian Hernandez is FaceTiming in. <laughs> Can he hear us? Chris, this is not a visual medium. His forehead is enormous. <laughs> bigger than Leif's. Um, he has a Tyler Hero haircut right now. He has a Tyler Hero haircut. Uh, the guys are out there watching Hero at Summer League. We are here to bring you the news of uh, Russell Westbrook potentially to the heat. That is That has consumed the news. So since we've last been on the air, Kawhi is a clipper. So is Paul George. Chris is putting his hands up and trying to make me laugh. Paul George is also a clipper. The Lakers cap space has dried. The heat wave and stretch Ryan Anderson creating a cap pit for a few years. Uh, Goran Dragic is still a member of the Miami Heat and all the trades with Jimmy Butler were finalized. So that's kind of where the heat stand right now. It's a lot happened in the last weekend. Um, 
But now all eyes on Russell Westbrook, who is apparently open to being traded, uh, particularly to Miami, and allegedly, reportedly, Sam Presti is fielding phone calls. And the Heat, of course, as always, are in the conversation for trades because Riley goes swinging. So, gentlemen, that brings a question, and it's a very, very loaded question. Should fans and the organization want Russell Westbrook here at that figure and at that age? Hell Nikai- yeah. I was going to let Nikaias because I think he feels the strongest about it. I don't it. care what Nikaias says. I want him on this team right here, right now. Break the fucking news, Woj. Please give me <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Buckets on his team right fucking now. Please. Cut that out, Brian. Pat Riley, do it. He's quite literally begging. But um, I I would just say that um, I feel the opposite way that Brian does. Wrong. I, I don't want Russell Westbrook in a Miami Heat uniform. I do not think he makes the Heat a title contender. And I feel like with him being on the wrong side of 30 and Jimmy Butler quite quickly approaching 30, uh, if you're going to make a win-now move, if there's a low probability for winning, you probably don't want to do that and add like $170 over four years. Um, also, while the price is probably low for a guy for his talent, you would either have to trade a young piece, which could be used to trade for a guy that actually fits the timeline, or you're going to be trading vets that can shoot, which kind of defeats the purpose of bringing Russell Westbrook in because you need spacing around him. So all in all, I am just not a big fan of the proposed deal to bring Russell here. I've um, I've come around to be on Nikaias' side here, uh, and I think I've been on record. Oh God, you for too? Long- yeah, I mean, like I've been go to a hell, huge, Gianni. Seriously, I've been go a huge to hell. Russ fan. Listen, I love watching him on Twitter. He's probably like one of my favorite players in the league ever to watch. Right, right behind Dwayne Wade and Kyle Lowry. He is that kind of electric star that is just he's so damn exciting and he's fun and I love everything he's about and how he kind of undercuts all these ideas of sportsmanship and like being nice on the court and all that stuff like it's amazing and I love it and I'm here for it but we really have to think about the 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 not just the price point that Nikai says but like his encore production and can can you have that much cap tied in guys that good and winning a championship and would you be able to realistically put anything around them considering what it'll cost you right um i don't think that giving up on justice or bam for that is worth it i don't think they'll contend with that and i don't really see the means to improve the roster other than i i don't know i, I don't know what they could move after that right they're gonna have like no picks forever right so they're back in draft pick hell um they've been pretty They've been pretty like deliberate with their young assets and with their picks, to be honest. I mean, they had to give one in the Jimmy Butler deal to make that happen. Whatever, so be it. It wasn't ideal, but it is what it is. So their pick situation isn't great. Um, he's not. He's 30. And I know that these are the things that everyone has said before, but it's, it's concerning a guy that can't shoot, that is aging, um, an offense that doesn't have a lot of other playmakers outside of Jimmy and him. You have Justice, and he won't be here, presumably, if you make that move. You're probably giving up Kelly Olynyk as well, who's another guy who can play make and space the floor, and you're really depending on a lot of things to go right just to make a conference finals. And it's only going to get... what does my screen say? Stop! I'm trying to focus. What does it my says, screen trust, say, Trust the spouses, G. Trust the yes. spouses. 
Jesus. You know Stop talking. Leif, hope traffic me now. This is Heat Beat Traffic on W628FM. It looks like pessimism gridlock all over the streets of Wade County. There's a Riley washed pileup on the 836 and a fire spot department is on the scene. Try to avoid Booker Boulevard at all costs. Just as better. Time to clear the streets with some culture. We now go live to Leif with your Hope Traffic Update. So, I feel like we are absolutely overthinking this. Now, I think a lot of valid points have been brought up in terms of how much money he makes and the shooting uh, inefficiencies and all those things like that. So, I totally get that. But I think we have to look at it as we have been clamoring for elite top-level talent for years now. We've been making fun of James Johnson contracts and Deion Waiters contracts, and now we have the opportunity to get a guy who you arguably can say from a talent perspective is a top 10, top 15 guy in the league. Now, I know there's a lot of analytics that say otherwise, but I'm saying like self-propulsion, a guy who can go out and win a game by himself, it is undoubtedly, we've seen it, that he can literally do that kind of thing uh, for a a one-game stretch, a five-game stretch, a seven-game stretch, maybe through a playoffs. So you kind of have to think of it in the context of lightning in a bottle, right? Like that's what you're trying to capture. We have no cap space. We had limited assets, limited draft picks. So we're trying to essentially put together a team to make a quick run in the next two to three years. Like this isn't thinking long-term. And you have to kind of bet on Spo to maximize a guy like Russell Westbrook, make him shoot a little bit more efficiently, a little bit less threes, maybe, um, you know, get a little bit uh, like trusting his teammates more, playing a little bit harder on defense. These are little things. And I know that it's hard for me to quantify those with any particular statistic, but that's what the organization thinks about when they look at these guys. They figure if I have a guy who has just as much talent as the guy across the court, we're going to get more out of our superstars. And they already got Jimmy. And if they do pull this off, that means that Riley signed off on it, Andy signed off on it, Spo signed off on it, Jimmy signed off on it. So at that point, like, are we not going to trust all those guys to make they this decision? They also all signed off on Dion Waiters and James Johnson and, and Tyler Johnson. Like, this, you know, like... Well, yeah, but they also signed off on Shaq and drafting Dwayne and that's and, easy to and do. Getting CB. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, if we play that game, we could do that with every front office in the entire league, including all your favorite front offices with all their favorite I analytic don't trust geniuses. Them to be patient, and they I all have made mistakes. So, like, if we do that shit, up. that's how it's always going to be. And ultimately, I think that a, an elite talent like this, if it doesn't cost too much, and from what I've been told, the Heat is not willing to empty the treasure chest for Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I think that you got to look at it and you got to take that shot and Riley's not getting any younger. And I feel like to pair two guys that you could, um, say potentially are top 20 players having no cap space going into this. Like, how can we not get behind that at some level? So I guess you have to look at it two ways. So I, one of the, one of the things I really liked was a Zach Lowe's podcast today and on Sunday or Saturday, I forgot which, which day, but he he said that potential packages could be like Dragic and two picks. Uh, I'm uh, was it two picks or two? It was two contracts. I'm sorry, Dragic, Dragic and two bad and then contracts. Two, yeah, I'm sorry, I was reading incorrectly. Dragic and two contracts or Winslow and two contracts, right? So like the James Johnsons or the Olenek or the Dion or whatever. So it, it it would be like two of those uh, plus the the big money guy, and. Yeah, that that's probably a win for for the Heat because they don't really get a lot, right? Like they it doesn't cost them a lot. 
like theoretically, because Dragic is, is expiring and he's probably not staying. And then if you get rid of James Johnson and Olenek, like whatever, right? Like that that's a that's a small price to pay for a superstar. But what you give up is your ability to improve the team down the line. And if you go all in with Westbrook, you're kind of this is what you kind of have. And do we think that that's good enough to win a title, right? Or are they just going to run this for four years and then? What? Because and it's not even like they could tank at the end because they're not gonna have picks. That's kind of the thing. Hasn't there been a lot of smoke that the Heat not only want to add Russell but then add try, try to add somebody else in 2021, which would obviously require a lot of cap gymnastics. But uh, it kind of seems like they're going for for three before Pat goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's ultimately what they'd like to do, but it may involve shedding Justice and Bam in order to have the flexibility to do that in 2021. Um, is that the only way to do that? I think the next way to able to get a star would actually be by a trade. Um, that that's the easiest way to make the money work. Uh, I think you can look at any of the guys that might be on their way out in 2021. Possibly Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo. You can look at Kevin Love out in the market in, in Cleveland. Um, who else? Lamarcus Aldridge CJ. is a possible name that could be available this year for pretty cheap. We don't know who else is going to become available. And here's the other thing with this, like. We are fascinated by flexibility. The Heat had no fucking flexibility, and look what they just did this offseason. So, like, why are we overrating this flexibility shit? You you can make it happen, but why can't in the third or fourth year of Russell being here in the event that this is not working, because obviously what you're trying to do is just squeeze one more championship. If you get one ring from this, it doesn't matter what the flexibility looks like and what the picks look like and the assets and the young players and the analytics if you get one championship it's worth it so if you get down to that line you're gonna picks are gonna open up and become more available to be moved so if you need to get off of a guy in order to acquire a new star we've shown this offseason is proof that you don't need flexibility in hand to make something happen so like okay but they they may not have flexibility but they had stuff right they had josh richardson and picks Right to make this happen, they had a Hassan Whiteside contract that they did not want that they could get rid of to create space and all that stuff. So they they had and it was a huge expiry. Like they had things, right? Like these were not. That's why not won't they have f- things? What why things won't are they, they have? Hero have? Or, what, or why I, won't they have Bam? Or why won't they have Justice? Whoever ends up staying, they're not going to empty out the treasure chest of all those guys. So like, why won't they have one of those I guys? Mean, from from what I'm understanding, like they're probably going to have to part with one. Uh, of justice or or bam right yeah i mean that that's the weird thing about this is that depending on who i talk to and depending on the day one day i hear there's no way russ is getting out of there uh without getting one young player back that they can kind of tote to the fan base and say look we got a guy um because he's obviously you know beloved in okc and he's the one guy who stuck around so um but then you listen to zach Lowe today talk about or it was actually um Howard Beck Beck that said that an NBA general manager uh, said to him that there's not as much pressure on Presti to get as much assets and value for Russ because of what a slam dunk the Paul George trade was. So, like, at that point, I don't know. It's tough to tell whether it's going to actually cost one of these young guys or if that's just kind of uh, leverage and media and, you know, the bullshit sources that come here and there and you hear one thing, but it's not really going to play out that way. So it's tough to tell at this point. But what I do know is that this morning is when talks intensified. And uh, I don't know what that means from a player standpoint. 
but I do know that a lot of information was shared between the two organizations. They are absolutely talking. They've tried to talk to recruit third teams into the mix, which I think is another indication that they're getting closer to finding a framework for a deal. And, uh, and I don't care about your analytics. I'm excited about that shit. Hell well, yeah. I, I, I love you, I Leif. Was... Leif, you are my new favorite person on Heapy. In fact, <laughs> I will make you my best man at my wedding over Gianni. Cool. I got the speech down pat. I'll, I'll wrap it. My thing is that, like, you can objectively say a Russell Westbrook trade is good based on, like, a low price or whatever. I think you can say Miami could objectively win that trade, but the ultimate goal is the title. And if you don't feel like I don't feel like a Russ Jimmy pairing is enough to win you a title, and that's kind of where I'm turned off by it. Not to say it'd be a bad trade, but like if the ultimate goal is the title and you're falling short, like you have to win with win now move. Like that's the purpose of the win now move. And if you can't win, then I just don't see the value in tying yourself up to Russ and Jimmy. Yeah, it's a valid point, but we've seen pieces that don't fit. We've seen Antoine Walker and Jay Will and Posey mixed with Shaq and Dwayne Wade catch lightning in a bottle Gary and win Payne a championship. Too. Like we've Hold seen on, but, it. But what? But but like I don't think the fit is the question, right? I think it's the ceiling of the talent. Like I don't. I, I, my thing is not or Jimmy. Like I think people kind of overstate like how toxic Russell is to other players. A lot of guys have career years with Russ. Paul George being the most recent one where that was his best season by far. Uh, and I don't think he'll ever have a season as good as that. Uh, so a lot of Durant's best years obviously came next to, to Russ. Um, so like I, I don't think that, that that that's necessarily fair to say that he's like a denigrating talent and that you know he he's just toxicity on the court is just like tied to stat hunting. Like I think that's largely unfair. But I do think that there's valid concerns of you can phase him out of playoff games. Uh, as we've seen, and he'll shoot you out of playoff games. Uh, and if he doesn't catch that lightning in a bottle in terms of his shot, and it's likely that he won't, you know, there's something to be said of that's not a good basketball move. And I think when you have other players that are better than him around him, then you can make an argument that maybe we can make this work. But he would probably be the best player on this team. I don't think there's a lot of discussion he's a better player than, than Jimmy Butler maybe it's not by much but he I, I think certainly he's looked at as a better player and if he's your best player and Jimmy Butler is your second best player and you don't really have a third star unless Justice takes a leap Hero. what what are we doing for the next two years when I guess the window is that's the window because Russ once Russ gets to age 33 now we're talking a little bit different about windows and stuff and just to add on to that uh, I think it is fair to question the on-ball fit. I mean, you talk about the shooting, and that's obviously a big deal. But what a lot of people on Twitter have missed when they're starting to compare Russell Westbrook and, like, Dwayne Wade, because neither of those guys are plus shooters, is that Dwayne Wade is one of the smartest basketball players that has ever graced the earth. Russell Westbrook is a poor decision-maker. He's a great – he's a talented player. Even beyond the shot, it's the decision-maker. And – that really makes the whole contract look even worse because not only is he going to be aging, he doesn't have, he's not going to have the shot to kind of um, counterbalance the athleticism being lost. And on top of that, the decision-making really hasn't gotten much better over the course of his career. So you're really going to be looking at an anchor of a contract. So there's just going to be a lot of pressure 
for the Heat to win a title in year one or in year two. They're hard kept in year one. So you have to be cognizant of trading young guys or the shooting veterans, like I mentioned earlier, to make that, you know, to really maximize this team this year. Then you go into next year, you're not going to have max cap space to get a, to get a guy. So you're going to have to really hit the bargain bin, try to hit, use the level exception, stuff like that, get shooters and really maximize the team then. Year three, you pray for Brandon Bill. If that doesn't work, then what are you? Because you're going to be looking at 32, 33-year-old Russ, 32 or 33-year-old Jimmy Butler. And, like, beyond the shot, the collective IQ is just not there. So I just – and that's why I don't want to come across like I'm doubting. Oh, it's just – it's a different dynamic. You can say, well, Dwayne Wade isn't a great shooter, but Dwayne Wade was back-cutting teams to death in the late Olympics. Like, he reads the floor better than almost anyone ever. So that's where you can say, okay, well, Dwayne can't shoot, but him and LeBron can play together because they both read the floor in an extremely high level. So I think Nikaias is dead on about the concerns with Russ's decision-making. And if this does happen, which it looks like it might, this is going to be Spo's greatest challenge ever, man. Because It really is. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to mold him, because I think if Spo's really in on this, like we've heard, they might believe that they can mold him into becoming a better decision-maker into, you know, at least... Not that he'll be a good shooter, but taking better shots, you know, just in general, uh, the way that he goes about the game. I don't believe that they're going to run him with, the, you know, the, the pound the ball offense that, okay, he's been running for a million years. But it's hard. It's hard to sell yourself on Russell just turning into this completely different player that we've never seen, despite the fact that he's only played in that one organization. He is 30 now. And what do you guys think? Do you guys think that that, would- that can happen, that type of molding? That would be the argument for him. You could say that, hey, listen, Billy Donovan, fine coach, not one of the elites of the game. Scotty Brooks, kind of the same, right? Fine coach, good for young players, not necessarily the tactician that Spo, Pop, Rick Carlisle, uh, Nick Nurses. So what you look at is... Nick Nurse? Trying to speak that in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you know, it's funny because I made the joke, and I I paused and I started laughing at my own joke because I should have just gone. I should have put that in the middle (laughs) to keep going. Um, But uh, like your argument would be okay. Like you're going to put him in a system with Spolstra, who is a championship coach, who probably maybe you could get Russ to listen to. Um, Jimmy Butler is a guy that is going to hold Russ accountable, and I'm not necessarily sure he's ever had a guy like that. Again, we I, you know, we weren't there in Oklahoma City. I don't really know how Kevin was with him or how Paul George was with him. But you know, just judging by their kind of personality types, they don't seem like the kind of guys who are going to get on you in a game or in practice and holds you accountable. We know Jimmy Butler has been very public in how he does that, and I don't think that's a small thing. And I do think that Russ is going to be a lot better in Miami than he would be in Oklahoma City. I do think the coaching staff is going to help him. I do think that. Like the 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 I, we've seen what they the he can do when they run pick and roll offense. Even though they didn't do too much of it last year, we know that Spolstra is a very good pick and roll designer of offense, uh, which Russ is good at. So th- there are arguments to be had for it, and I, I can kind of be talked into them being good. I don't know if they can be championship good. I, I think that you know you're you're looking at a situation where you have to ask yourself: Are they better without the Kawhi Leonard list Raptors? Right, like. That's where we are. Like, are they Indiana? Are they, are they Toronto? If everything breaks right, right, and if they're healthy, um, I think if everything Toronto? breaks right and they're healthy, they're at least in the top three of the East. 
I mean, you have the Bucks and the Sixers, and then I mean, the Raptors were really good last year when Kawhi sat. I mean, not okay, that they're gonna, okay. No, but no, that, that's not even that's Stop. not even a bit. Like that's something that other people say. Like Lo was saying that like yesterday. But like, like it, they're, they're not, not bad. They're not going to be no, the third I, seed. I'm not saying that they're a third seed, but you have Indiana. You have them if things break right. Like I'm, I mean, just, I'm, not, I'm saying that it's not, not easy. Old people for about half the season, right? Okay, so you're doing all this. You're sacrificing the future to be a to be baby a third seed if things break right. Well, look what happened the West this year. Wait, wait, look what happened the West this year. Wait, 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 wait. Gianni, look what happened the West this year, and imagine the injuries that could happen within the course of a whole. I agree. I, and I, that's the argument for it. And if things and break, break right, we're going to be streaking down 601 Biscayne Boulevard, screaming culture at the top but of our lungs not, with pots and pans. It's not the same as the Kawhi deal, right? That was super low risk. This is a high risk, high you know, like high reward type thing. This, this is a serious, like, like crippling risk for the franchise. What's the risk? We're not trading DeMar DeRozan. What do you mean, what's the, the risk? You lose any ability. <laughs> a, you're in cap hell. B, what do you think the luxury trading? tax bill is going to look like? Are we really thinking Justice Winslow is an all-star player at this very moment in time? <laughs> Whoa. Right, the turn. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, I, I like Tyler Hero, chill, too, but I, I don't I think Tyler Hero think... is next coming of Clay Thompson. And we may not give up either. Like, that's the other that, thing. Yeah, we, we don't have no know. idea what the trade package know. is. We're but assuming then you have, it's going to include one of these assets that we have, but it could. You're just basically be, buying a. You're basically buying a really, 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 really nice used car. Sometimes it's not that bad. And then, and I, I don't like to commodify players because they're people, and like it's, it's like a really shitty thing to do. But I think the analogy works in that you buy this car, right? That is going to depreciate substantive in value every year, and every year that it depreciates in this value, uh. It's still expensive for maintenance, right? So you saw the, the more it ages, the more you have to pay for it, right? In terms of the contract balloon, in terms of your car, right? And I just, I don't know, like that luxury tax bill is going to be very high at some point. The Heat are already a tax team, right? The, the repeater tax with him and Jimmy is not, I don't think that's going to be very easily avoidable, right? So they're going to have a, they're going to probably be a repeater tax team. They're not going to be a repeater tax team. No, they're not going to be a repeater tax team. Do you not team. know the repeater tax team? You have to be. A- Four of the next five years. So they're a they repeater tax a, team this year. They haven't year. been a tax team in over three Yo, seasons. They got under. They slid under the tax, Gianni. They slid under the tax. Yeah. Yes. They slid under tax when they waved Ronnie McGregor. Bobby Marks says no. Well, Bobby Marks is wrong because we. Bobby had Marks Albert has Miami as four million dollars into the tax. Okay. Well, yeah, right I, now, but last year they didn't, so it resets. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Okay, fine. Um. And I to mean, use so, your car uh, analogy, like, yeah, even if your car has to go in the shop a bunch of times in a row, if one time you drive down the strip and some female winks at you and you, that's you, very, you bag that, it's very very dog. So, like, very what are we talking about here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not super. I could get talked into it, and I'll like, it. like, if he gets here, I'll be happy and I'll like it, and I'll be rah rah, you know, whatever. I mean, they got Russ. I mean, I think on the Levitar show they were saying like, you know, three days ago, like we didn't have Jimmy Butler or Russ, right? So it's like, who the hell were the Heat a week ago? You know. So I, I get that argument as well, but I do, I do think that the more pertinent move is to wait for your cap space and to get a guy that's better than Russell Westbrook. Also to go uh, to piggyback on the used car thing, I thought that was a good analogy. But my counter, my counter to that would be: haven't the Heat been trying to put the, uh, put together these kinds of moves for the past few years? Like you look at 
them going hard after Gordon Hayward, almost getting Gordon Hayward. Was Gordon Hayward going to leave you to, lead you to the title even if you bring somebody we were else having in? Those like, conversations the up, but the difference here. between Gordon Hayward is that Gordon Hayward was a lot is a lot younger, and the contract wasn't going to be as difficult to swallow. So what and is the, the point of it, an NBA franchise at this right? This is where we start getting to the existential thing. It's like. If it's not gonna win you a title, it's not worth it. Is that just where we're at? Like no, but well, they, but but Pat Riley's gonna retire soon. He but wants you to have a better beat. chance of building a title other ways. Is I think what Nikias and I are arguing. No, I feel you. I've been leaning no on this the whole time. I'm just yeah. saying that he's perspective. It's just like I get it from their perspective. I get it. I get. I get the feeling that they have that they're also probably for business, losing. Man, Russ is gonna be huge for business. They're probably losing some of the fan base. We've been at the games. Like they're not. Like the media coverage is not the same. I mean, they're letting us in for God's sake. You know what I mean? Like, what does <laughs> that mean? Coverage. We're nobody. We're losers. We're, I stood whatever. next to Pat Riley today. I'm like, what am I doing exactly. here? Exactly. <laughs> Alex is next to Pat. I talked to Pat like last like year. Like I was at an event talking to Pat. Like they're. Str- for, you know what I mean? Like they need they need something hey, so that don't sleep. Can, that locker room loves Alex now. They love Alex. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like I, I get it from their perspective. It's gonna be great, like in terms of it's probably gonna feel super good for the organization to be like, okay, we still got it. We got two stars, name stars, they're gonna strive ticket sales. People are gonna wanna talk about the team. Like the, the local hour of the Lebertar show is not gonna talk about the Marlins anymore. They're gonna talk about us, you know, like stuff like that. That matters. We can stop to, having the same conversation we've been having for three years. We don't have to talk about how to get rid of James Johnson's contract. Pat doesn't have to yell at Ira at press conferences that he's being too mean to Dion. Like <laughs> well, and, and also Pat will be able to say, don't ever say that we can't make moves. Like he can literally say when I was um, you know, like floundering talking about <laughs> obstacles that I was actually like right you know what I mean there were no obstacles if they were if they if they do pull this off Jimmy because like even if this offseason was just Jimmy like that's such a huge it's win a for us like it's unbelievable like I, I don't think we actually have spent enough time like basking in the glory of getting Jimmy Butler this offseason <laughs> and I'm not saying that like hold he's on, obviously like but getting I- KD but, I like, don't. he's probably, like, if he puts it all together, maximized, he could be a top 12 guy. Top, you know, somewhere in that range. And I keep I moving that number there. up. By by next podcast, is going to be top nine guy. By two, three weeks from now, it's going to be top six guy. <laughs> but, like, to get him, I feel like you got to look at at least exhausting every avenue. And, uh, and Russ is available. And if he's available at, you know, five cents on the dollar, you got to look at it. But, like, what I'll say to that is we look at – I mean, Blake Griffin, top 15 season last year, right? Like, he was a top 15, top, right? I mean, easily? Yeah. And then he broke down. No, not even that he broke down. What the hell was Detroit? I mean, that roster is trash. A team that lacks culture. No, I know. Miami's, Miami's like, you know, substantively better than them. But, like, Jimmy's kind of in that family of, like, I'm as good as Blake Griffin type thing. You know what I mean? No, he's better. I mean... Maybe uh, you know Leif not. was talking about a top twelve guy for Jimmy Butler. I think with Russell Westbrook on his team, you can have a top three guy. What? Yep. What? When you get a former MVP on the market, you All have right. to get him on the team. <laughs> Nikias is an about to sign off. We, we, this try, to get a, we try to get a four time All Star. You have to bring him in. We're gonna get a four time All Star kind of, twice. It's kind of insulting that Russ has an MVP. All-Star. That Russ has an MVP and Dwayne does not. Well, that's complete bullshit. That's speaking, like, speaking it's kind of, of offensive. 
I've cool. heard he's been pretty uh, instrumental in in getting in these guys' ears about buying into what Miami does. Stop and it, I, Dwayne! Stop and, it! Well, and I, 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 one, I think we should be super grateful that he's doing that. But two, like, you don't think that these guys are gonna at least? I mean, Jimmy did. You don't think Russ is gonna at least take that into consideration and say maybe I should dial back a little bit and no. maybe exercise a little bit more humility when no. I approach this new organization. Everyone's counting me out. I'm being slandered left and right. You know, I'm being written off. Essentially, what they did to Timmy Hardaway when Pat Riley got him, and Timmy Hardaway was All NBA first team in '96, '97. Like boom. So you know, why can't Russ do that? As he says, why not? I have a question for you, Leif. Because the only evidence we have no evidence <laughs> that he would do that. Do you think you want an MVP? We talking about? I think the only other team that has this, like that has as much propagated culture as the Heat is the Spurs. Correct? Yeah. If he yeah, went to the Spurs, man, if he went to the Spurs, how much do you think he would substantively change his game? And let's like be honest with ourselves. I don't think he would. I don't think he would either. So if he won't do it for the Spurs, why is he going to do it next to Olenek? Brian, write these timestamps down because we are going to circle back Kelly to Olenek, this by shit. The way. That was oh, I can't wait. No, I can't wait to listen back love to this the same way off. we listened back to how the Lakers were going to be so bad. Except this time, you guys are going to be wrong about your own team. <laughs> we, we speak in absolutes about guys. I like, mean, like, they got guys was wrong about Tyler Hero three weeks ago. I mean, come on, chill. Oh, oh, we can go there if you'd like. I mean, hold on, wait. I mean, t- 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 before we go to Harold, because I do want to get into that, because he's been awesome and, and there's a lot to talk about and we got to make fun of ourselves. Like, the Spurs couldn't even get DeMar DeRozan to shoot threes. Actually, they got him to shoot fewer threes. And it was but good. I don't understand. That's, that's what they went for. They, they went for the strengths. They knew that their strengths was in the mid-range between LaMarcus and, and DeRozan, whether that's the right way to go about it or not. That was their I mean, game plan. I don't think... I thought he had a damn good year. Yeah, I think they were minus with him on the floor. He was a disaster in the playoffs, which you know. <laughs> and I recall, I recall when Lamarcus first got there, they had him shooting more threes, and he was upset about it. Uh, they ended up, you know, kind of moving him back a little bit towards the mid range, and they were better this season after, if I remember that correctly. He. Um, oh, Christian's back. Christian's back. He's sorry, guys. Us. So sorry. <laughs> That is uh that is Christian's lovely girlfriend. Okay, hold on, I'm sorry. Can I just can I just sidetrack this for like one second? Please. Because please. I watched some of Summer League today, and let me tell you, boy, they better be so sure about trading Tyler Hero because he is my hero. If you don't know already, I changed my handle. I'm really invested in this, so I really hope they don't trade him. How um, drunk are you? Uh, Casamigos bottle and three beers in. Okay. <laughs> okay, we didn't drink the whole bottle. We're like three fourths of it. Like that's an appetizer. Yeah, yeah. We called it a digestive. It's, it's the last day of our vacation, you know. So just a, just a Tuesday. I, I'm not gonna lie though. I'm a little upset he hasn't been traded. I really wore the shirt today because because we got Jimmy the last time I wore this shirt. <laughs> and it's it's what it's like nine twenty. It's nine twenty. For you for you listeners at home, he's wearing a trust Sposa shirt, which you can buy at Miami Heat Beat dot store. <sighs> You're so good at this, Brian. Yeah. Right, Christian, we're trying to do a show. Today. Go be drunk somewhere else. Okay, all right, fine. We're gonna get ice cream. It's open till ten. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him at I want to be your hero. 
No, I can be your hero. I can be your hero, whatever. H-E-R-R-O. Not the Maple Rick. Redacted. Kelly didn't even get traded. He changed that for nothing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Kelly's still here. (laughs) He changed his ad in a Linux state. Yeah, wait he, till we trade for Kevin Love. For, this is all Mark Cuban's him. fault. His ad is Mark Cuban's fault. Mark Cuban has to apologize to Christian. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, so I want to hear Nikias and Brian go at it. Well, no, I want to actually. I think we should talk about is one. What are, what's the most you're willing to give up? And two, if you have to give up, if you have to give up one to kids, like who are you really going to try to keep on this team to build around a team with Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler? Like, what's your most ideal trade where if you had to give up a kid, if you think you have to, who are you keeping between Winslow, Hero, Bam, and and, and DJJ? Bam's off the table. He's not being traded. Like, just, it's not happening. Like, ideally, I mean, I don't want this anyway. But, like, I do. (laughs) Okay, Nikias, it's inevitable, so we can just pretend like it's happening. (laughs) Oh, like, I cap it at, like, Goran, JJ, DJJ, and then you unprotect the 2023 pick. And then you I like that. Pick. I think that's fair. Like, that's that's what you do. I almost think that the, that the young asset is more about getting a third team to play ball because I know that they checked in with Cleveland. Um, I know that they've talked to Dallas, and they're trying to find other creative ways, even if it's just $4 million here or $5 million there, to try to get as many teams involved um, because – Really what OKC wants is immediate cap space. I mean, obviously, they, they're not going to get cap space, but they want relief from not only the $4 million over the tax that they are, but as much as they can get under. So um, that's going to require a third team. And that's where I feel like this asset could come into play even more. And if I had to pick one, as much as it pains me to say it, it would probably be Justice, which sounds crazy, considering Hero was, it was you know, like a uh, questionable pick to us. Uh, experts, I say that with quotation marks, um, but like his shooting and the Shots spacing fired. of the floor, I feel like Hero and Olinick would be really key to making that all work. Because even though Olinick and Bam have some question marks from a rebounding perspective, Russ's rebounding, I think, would offset whatever deficiencies you had in the front court. So I feel like having Olinick as a floor spacer would be super key. And then you need Hero, obviously, because Hero is the next uh, Devin Booker with uh, better playmaking, defense, and uh, passing chops. <laughs> and wins high. All right. In, in culture. Nikias, what do you got on Tyler Harrow? I want to know what Nakaya sticks to Tyler Harrow. I'm, I'm excited for this. I just want to push back on my mentions a little bit. Like, I obviously went off on the podcast when he was drafted because I felt like there were five, six, eight players that I would have rather had on the Heat roster. I have never once called Tyler Hero a bad player. I just want to have that out there. But, I, I, you know, I didn't like the pick, and I was pretty, was pretty out there on that. Um, Tyler Hero has been fine. Like, I did the deep dive on him. I felt like he had more passing field than I gave him credit for, and he showcased that in some of them. He has knocked down some tough shots. He's looked good in transition. Um, in the half court, it's been – it hasn't been great. Like, the finishing hasn't been great. He hasn't been able to beat guys off the dribble in the half court. Like, I feel like just about all of his half court buckets have come after a screen. And while that's fine because of the pick and roll lead, like the fact he hasn't been able to beat anyone off the dribble is problematic. Like I haven't had those concerns quelled at all. Um, the defense has been a little worse than I expected. He's been active. You can see him trying to process things on the floor, but it hasn't been great there. So I don't know. Like I don't 
hate Tyler Hero. I think he's going to be a fine player. But, like, people that were trying to say, you know, he could be the next Devin Booker, like, I I don't know about that. Because, like, the crea- the half-court creation is just not there. And obviously it's year one, so it's not, it's not fair to, like, completely write him off. But, like, I just haven't seen enough to really project more than role player right now. So when you say that he can't beat guys off the dribble, is that a first step thing or is that his handle thing? Yes. <laughs> that's it's, concerning. It's both. Right? It, that's my thing. Like, you know, summer league, the, it's not NBA competition, but it's that's, also high. That's why it works. But like when I was, I was in the arena watching Miami take on, I guess, China's B team. And Tyler Hero ended up with a fine stat line, but in the half court, he couldn't beat any of those players off the drum. And that's where I just like, okay, what what do you what do you do with that? So, I guess the thing that you can look at is can he can he beat a closeout? Can he attack a closeout? He's smart enough to do so, but also. But does he have the dribbling capacity and and quickness to do it? Ah, just like a the defense. It just has to be really scrambled because he's not finishing over the top of anyone. He's going to have to win on pull-ups and floaters. And he has good touch. So that's that's going to be how he wins. But the defense just has to be really scrambled in the half court. And that bodes well because he's going to be more of a secondary creator anyway. But I don't know. For a guy like that where you're saying, hey, maybe he could be a Booker-like surprise guy since he came from Kentucky, you're looking for those flashes. And if he's not beating Chinese-level players off the dribble, in the half court, and I just don't see where that where that growth comes from. And I'm not trying to disparage them, but like this, great just a different level of <laughs> it's just a different level of athleticism. And like NBA closeouts are going to be even faster. You might say they're sneaky athletic. <laughs> <laughs> he's only so, 19, yeah, though. Like Hero's only yeah. 19. Yeah, like what are we Celtic fans? <laughs> <laughs> No, we actually move our assets for all-star players when we can. Wow. <laughs> We've had like six different places to end this podcast. That is fantastic. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, Nikai's like, that's honestly something that, that, I mean, the defense, whatever, I think we kind of knew going in, but I think the biggest question mark is, especially for a team that is looking to like contri- like to win in the playoffs, like I'm concerned about a guy that can't like attack a closeout dribble consistently unless there are certain conditions because that is easily, very easily, that kind of player is erased in the playoffs and becomes unplayable, especially if they're not contributing on defense. So I have, like, legitimate concerns about that. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, I'm framing that within the context of does he have hidden star level potential? Yeah, yeah. He's definitely an NBA player. He's going to be a role player for a very long time. Like, I'm confident about that. It's just trying to project that hidden upside type deal. Is he JJ Reddick good? Uh, he's not yeah. that kind of off movement shooter, but he's also a better playmaker. So, like, yeah, I, know, man, I think I think Reddick's like a sneaky good like pick and roll player. Like he's really good at it. I think he's more of a dribble handoff guy, but I I don't like Tyler Hill. Legit sees the floor very well. He's he's a plus passer. And like that, that deserves to be ready. Guys, guys, so if I'm wrong, I don't don't think I've seen the Heat run any dribble handoffs in Summer League, but that is his forte, at least per that one video I saw from um, what's his name? Can't remember the writer, but he wrote uh, it. Yeah, there you go. I thought you were going to say somebody else. No. (laughs) What, Scout with Brian? I thought we were going to keep No, I'm not going there. Not the next Luka Doncic? (laughs) No, we're not going there either. 
Uh, but I mean, Nikaias, I know, that I Brian know I, from what I understand, like they haven't really done some of the sets that you think he would probably see if he was, you know, you know, on the actual heat team. So where, where could you see more of him showing out if he was on the roster and like playing heavy minutes? Yeah, I think eventually they want to run him off screens kind of like Wayne, but then where that would put him in a better situation is that if you bend the defense that way, he has the passing field to kind of. Um, attack those creases and stuff because he can't finish over the top. So you're going to have to, you know, create advantages any way you can. So I think eventually that's what you'll see him on the main team. But right now they're just kind of giving him more um, ball handling responsibilities. And he's been fine. Like he's been tossing lobs all over the place. He has really good feel when the defense is spent. My question comes when, okay, if you walk it up the floor and the defense is set, what can he do? And I just haven't been encouraged in those kind of reps yet. I know what he can do. He can be he can be wide open when Russ and Butler are doing their thing, and he can hit shots. Wide open. There you go. Hey, guys, I know you got to run. <laughs> on, on your way out, last thing, your best guess from watching him, again, very limited sample. It's very difficult to judge. But do you think that he's a guy that's going to be able to contribute right away for them without making a stop in the D-League? Uh, Yeah, I'll say that much, yeah. I okay. think he's smart enough to do some of the shots there. So I think he'll, he'll definitely have a role. Would you say he's scrappy? <laughs> you know what? Unironically, he has been really good on the boards, and I wasn't expecting that. He likes mixing it in. So Tyler Arrow is scrappy! But, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from those cliches. But he Crafty? Ah, uh, yeah, see, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Might you call him a bucket? <laughs> he is a bucket. Do you want to end it? Do you want to end it on Tyler Harrow is scrappy? I think that's funny. I want to talk to Alex more about summer league. But okay, yeah. Nikias, get out of here. Go have, go enjoy go enjoy Vegas. Consume Vegas. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Y'all have fun. Yo, say hi to count the dings for us. Get us big waz and nits. <laughs> although you, although you, we, we kick it nits, but I want waz. <laughs> I will see what I can do. Sir. Yeah. Take care, man. All right, man. Uh, Gianni, you had it the other way around. Vegas consumes you. <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. Anime Expo consumed me. Coward. Anime Expo, let me tell you something. You could have been here, man. Credentialed. I could have. I could have. You, me, Nikias, Jack, and Ethan. This is going to change the course of your career. You're going to become tier. an anime influencer now. You know, it was probably one of the worst career decisions I ever made. Did I enjoy going to Anime Expo? I sure did. Did I enjoy being an influencer, getting treated? Uh, shout out to you, Eleven Arts. Shout out to Amelie for getting us in the screening front row and for getting us a bunch of swag and for uh, being <laughs> awesome. Shout out to Eleven Arts. Shout out to Amelie. Shout out to UFO. Shout out to director Ishihara for bringing us the movie and coming to America and talking to us. That was awesome. Uh, so yeah. Cool. I'm sure shout people out. want to listen about Russell Westbrook. Want to follow me at Subtitled Anime on Twitter. If you want anime right. takes, follow Good my God, YouTube shut channel. Shut up already. <laughs> Um, Alex, please tell me what's the coolest experience you have done so far during your week and a half at Summer League. So uh, with the media credential, they let you walk anywhere <laughs> in the arena. So, uh, you know, different times people walking around and like just walking around by all these players. Like it's just the, the players, the media members, uh, executives. It's kind of like just a bevy and it's always random. Like they're never, it's never an organized thing. Like the other day we were walking to go, we, oh, this is a good plug. Uh, we recorded uh, a podcast with Locked On. It was uh, me, Jack, Nikias, Ethan, and uh, Wes Goldberg from Locked On Heat. 
Ethan, what kind of podcast does he have now? Wonder what it's called. That's what you. Yeah, five on the floor with Alf. Find that on the Five Reasons Sports feed on iTunes. Check that out. Like we had to walk through this thing. Uh, you that's called like the legend, the Legends Lounge, and there's just people hanging out there. It's like you know. It's like where the big time people are. I was walking by there. It's just <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. back low. The, the Legends Lounge. Out. It cannot be called the Legends Lounge if Wes Goldberg and Alex Toledo are hanging out there. It can't yeah, don't be. Don't try Wes like that. I'm Wes sorry. Yo, I like love Wes. Wes, you are the homie. Wes knows I love him. Wes knows I am ride or die with him and David Ramil. It cannot be the Legends Lounge if Alex Toledo, professional screw up, and we Wes in the Legends Lounge though. Goldberg. Okay, you were not. We walked through it. We couldn't stay you can't, there. You no, no, no. You can't. You cannot be allowed. No, no, no. Zach Lowe. Couldn't hear Zach Lowe hear us. No, you can't. Uh, you cannot be. I mean, like, you're just, you know, I'm sorry. You can't. You cannot be called. You no, know, if you were a true legend, you would have had Zach Lowe on your podcast. Yeah. All right. You've got, you would have gotten uh, Zach Lowe and Big Waz. Imagine that pod. I both, of that. Them walk, both of them walked by in that same span. Waz and Zach Lowe both walked by in that same Waz, span. Waz, come on, he they had a lounge like that at All-Star Weekend in Charlotte, and Rasheed Wallace was getting off the chain up in that place, man. Have you seen... I have a question, Alex. Have you <laughs> seen uh, Jason Concepcion? No. Get, get I saw him Kevin O'Connor today. Say what's up to him. Oh, you did? KOC? Yeah. Ask him yeah. to get us Jason. <laughs> wow. Listen, Jason is like my... Jason and Waz are like my dream guests. I'd probably take them over low. Barely, Ooh, but I would. Jason for sure. Jason, dude... So if you don't, I'm gonna give you a pro tip. If you are an NBA fan, and if you like the show, then your sensibilities are probably the same as Jason's. And you don't watch NBA desktop, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. It is probably, and I say this without hyperbole, the most creative thing in sports media. It is that they won. They didn't. They win like an. They won a fucking Emmy, and they deserved it. That show is fucking genius. It is the funniest thing I've seen, and Jason's brilliant, and like the Ringer's awesome. So like, check that out if you haven't. It's on YouTube and it's on Twitter. So watch NBA Desktop. It is incredible. On the same end, uh, I would say for people who have the sensibilities that listen to this show, uh, count the things the stuff they're doing over there. They're really creative with the stuff they do. Uh, Come on, Waz. We're plugging your stuff. Yeah. That's right. Come shout on the show. To, shout out to Jade. Okay, why are we talking about this? I don't know. Well, we Alex, to, we I really want to know Lounge. more about just your whole experience at Summer League because I feel like those kind of things are very cool and personal to the listener. Are you just going to hard network out him? <laughs> yeah, Alex, I, mean, I just man, really just... want to know what you're doing at Summer League because I feel like we haven't heard from you in a few days and I'm very concerned. <laughs> it's just an NBA convention, man, because you know that you've got the two venues in one building. You couldn't the, the Thomas and Mac and the Cox Pavilion. There's just people walking around everywhere. You know, people with uh, team polos on. Very, you know, the most tall people in the world are all in Vegas right now. It's just tall people walking all over the halls of the Thomas and Mac. But uh, yeah, everybody's here. It's like a big NBA convention. The summer league stuff is like second to the, you know, just to the hype of everybody being around there. The first night was crazy, man, with the, the earthquake, the Zion game, uh, the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George stuff coming out later in the night. Uh, every I feel day like I've all seen- those things are related. I feel like they all. I, I feel like they're all related. I feel like they're all. They all either cause the earthquake or stem from the earthquake. Such is the universe. I think Zion stepped onto the floor and the world couldn't take it. It's not. That's not a small thing. <laughs> he dunked it. <laughs> the earth was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> and now he's out for summer league. What happened? I was on an anime convention for the weekend. He had some. 
knees. He made some knee to knee contact. I think there was some bruising, and it just held him out for precautionary. Damn, why can't the Pelicans have nice things? I mean, yeah. Jackson They're, Hayes has been balling for them. Oh man, he other threw down. Pick. Um, he threw down a crazy dunk on somebody. I saw it was like oh jaw dropping. Yo, what about a uh, summer league Duncan Robinson? Oh hey. boy, he is jacked. Let I have a question: you. Is summer league Duncan Robinson better than preseason Magruder? Which Nikias was on? First? No. Preseason Rodney's like. Uh, preseason Rodney's like second team All NBA. I actually think we're not talking about it, Duncan Robinson being able to contribute. If we did have Russ and Jimmy, I have a feeling that he may find himself not every game, that but there could be stretches throughout the season where he will come in very handy as a floor spacer. And I don't see. I'm going to tell you why I don't like that. Because at the end of the day, if you can only get on the floor for certain stretches of the season to kind of help out, I don't care. This, they need to figure out playoff contributors. Like this whole well, yeah, idea you, you of build oh, toward that. That's why you gotta like groom these guys season, and let them play. Let's have a nice regular season. Let's do this. Let's win forty-seven games, maybe fifty games if we're lucky. Win a first-round yeah, series like that dog? against like, the Magic. Are you, are you, the you people, mocking me right now? The people, <laughs> Magic. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, oh, you, you don't think the Magic? The Pistons, whoever the hell you want to put at the bottom of the East or whoever Not the, the Magic. Oh, uh, the Raptors. Hello. You can go yeah, Raptors. Wish they make the playoffs next year. Three, whoa. You don't think they're gonna make the playoffs? It's a three seed, man. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> How would you have dealt with Russ, Kawhi, and Paul George all being in Toronto? Oh, well, that means that Kyle's probably not there, so not well. God. Somebody put edit a clown nose on this man. He's so good. Put Russell Westbrook? Wes wants Kyle Lowry. I don't know if you heard the pod. I know you didn't, but uh, Wes would. Wes said that he would rather have uh, like Kyle Lowry. I, I haven't heard the pod because I've been hailing low posts because he put like three over the weekend, and I've just been trying to oh, catch yeah. up. And then I love the the one he did last time so much. I had to hear the continuation on the full forty eight. So uh, I just I just want to hear Zach Lowe be drunk and talk about basketball with Howard Beck and Rachel Nichols. Zach Lowe drunk off one beer. Yo, that's like low key kind of like he the story mentions there. that. Low key the story there. I'm allowed that he. I, I'm like shocked he's allowed to do that. What drink? Drink and do a an ESPN podcast. Eh. It's in Vegas, and he he's their senior writer. Yeah, he's there with Rachel Nichols and Howard Beck. Like, I right? feel like he's probably like one of their more valuable people at the company. He's like yes, kind of. He's widely record. regarded as the yeah. best he NBA writer in the country. He has to be on countdown. Nick, you want a lot of Zach Lowe talk. This is a lot. This is Zach Lowe heavy. Zach Lowe, Westbrook, and Tyler Harrow. Yeah, and he Tyler hates. And, and, oh, and his he name is slanders Tyler Russ like crazy too. So, oh, he if doesn't you listen like to Zach Lowe. That you're not gonna fall in love with Russell well, Westbrook. Well, that kind of talked me out of it. I've been listening to Lowe all day, and it was probably not the best thing before the show, and it completely brought me out of wanting him. Yeah, like t- like not even 24 hours ago, you were all all for him. What happened? Let me tell you, I was at I was at Anime Expo. I was oh walking God, out. Please, let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. I'm telling what I'm telling we you my know. feelings on Russ. Oh no, yes, you were. At an I was anime walking convention. out of the Sound Euphonium. He became Euphonium in Japanese oh my God. premiere, and I was looking at my phone, and I turned to my friend, YouTuber Sensation Under the Scope, and I said, "Holy shit, he might get Westbrook. This is fucking crazy." And I thought about it and I marinated on it as I sat through a shoujo panel. And I really, really thought about it as they were talking about Orin High School Host Club on the stage. And I decided this Westbrook thing, I like it. Good idea. They, I could talk myself into them beating the Sixers. And uh, Zach Lowe has talked me out of it. And I don't know where I stand at this point because uh, Nikias agrees with me. So 
I kind of feel better about that. <laughs> it's a good person. All right, so I tweeted earlier today that I think my final offer uh, to OKC would be Goran, Dion, JJ, taking out the protections from the 2023rd first and then have them pick one of Derek Jones Jr. and KZ Okpala. Oh, no. no I want KZ so bad. We haven't even seen him play. I know, but I just, I like the idea of him. I don't want him gone. I would offer JJJ and not give him the choice. I think it's because you think of him as a 3 and D guy, and I don't know that he's going to be that yet. He might. He has the potential, but he wasn't that last year. He took like, what, two or two, I think of him as Courtney Lee. Well, Eric, Gla- Eric Glass, I think, said something about him um, really trying to have to uh, embrace playing more of the four, and I think he was really talking more about how he fits with the summer league roster. But uh, I think he's going to definitely be more of a, a three, four player than a Courtney Lee for sure. But also, I have a feeling that the Thunder and the Heat, that they're going to want to have a resolution to this Russell stuff relatively soon. And um, that does not lend itself to KZ being part of the transaction. So I think it would be more of a Derek Jones Jr. kind of situation. I like that. Yeah, and KZ playing at the four, that's something that would definitely have to happen down the road because every time I've seen him, he looks skinny, man. I was going like, say, he looks like 215 pounds. Woof. 215 might be generous. That's what uh, Sports Reference has him at. He's in good shape, for sure, but uh, he's definitely skinny. Uh, and the other thing, it would be pretty funny. OKC comes back from a Russell Westbrook trade, and like their main prospect that they get is Derrick Jones Jr., a guy who the Phoenix Suns just threw away. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to be the guy that overvalues KZ. And I think that over... I think I think there's a conversation to be had on a pod. I mean, we're almost done here. But, like, the idea of overvaluing what you have. And I do think that maybe we're guilty of that at times. Some of it's emotional connection uh, because we really like Justice and we really like Bam. And, I mean, I think Derek Jones They're is They're also going to cost-controlled good players. No, yeah, cost-controlled good players, cheap, and we like them. Right and and justice, Home I think ground. in particular, I think we've especially us as a show and I guess the fan base in general, they've really been in the tank for him. And I think there's something to be said about the fan base just getting overly attached to guys. I think that happened with Josh, um, but I think in hindsight, you know, you, you kind of make the Jimmy deal every time, and you don't you don't hold on to Josh, you know, even if you know you believe in the upside, and you believe in him as a person. Uh, but Miami has really found, honestly, like it's it's credit to them. I mean, we criticized the BAM pick, and he's turned out to be, like, this awesome player that we see, like, there's a lot of potential there. Justice was a guy that couldn't shoot when he got into the league, and now, you know, he's a consistent good shooter that the next step is going to be just taking more shots, and, like, he's come putting everything together, and he's a really good player. Uh, they have found guys like Tyler Johnson, who, for everything that we've ever said about Tyler, was is a good player who contributes, who defends, who shoots well, who's a finisher, who can take it to the basket, who does all these things that they just found in the D-League. Hassan Whiteside, who is, for, again, for everything that we've said about Hassan, is a good basketball player that they basically found for nothing in the D-League. And Rodney Magruder, who they had to dump and the Clippers really value, who's a smart organization, and I'm sure that we're going to see him succeed over there is a good basketball player that they found for nothing. So like, I think valuing a guy like Derrick Jones Jr. too much is a little silly. Um, yeah. Cause they're going to mine for gems and they can, that that's part of this I've whole just thing. Named with a bus and, and I Jimmy. didn't even name the free agent guys that they found that I mean, who, the, who the hell was James Johnson. Dion waiters was a punchline. Yep. And they're going to find similar guys. And the cool thing is, is when we wake up tomorrow, Russell Westbrook will be a member of the Miami heat.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.